Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. This is our next episode titled Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. I'm really glad you joined me. Doesn't matter where you're tuning in. Makes no difference to me. I'm just glad you're here. Uh, And if you would like to know more information about this podcast and about all the other things that I'm doing uh, in ministry, speaking, writing, podcasting, all those good things, you can go out to womaninspired.com and you'll find out all the info there. I appreciate it. I really do. And if you don't mind, download this podcast, like it, follow it, share it, tune in, tune in again, whatever, all the good things. (laughs) Your support means a lot to me and I really do appreciate it. So I have some pod quotes for you. We're going to kick this off right now. Ready? This first quote is from I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this person's name. I greatly apologize. Rabedranath Tagore. Yeah, that's the best I got. We're going to call you Rab for short. (laughs) Okay, here is the quote. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. Think about it. All right. And the next one is Karen Samuelson. A happy day doesn't have to mean a day where I have no problems. A happy day can be a day where I simply make a choice to do my best to deal with my problems while also enjoying myself. I like that. It's a choice, right? Well, I think it is. All right, so somewhere in our past, not too distant history, I think, and spilling over into our our modern current culture, it has somehow become horribly wrong and salacious to be silly or to be happy. And God forbid you show that you are joyful. Like how dare we have joy if even one other person in the world or in our immediate circle is unhappy or if one injustice is being had, one injustice is being had or one other person is seemingly without something they want or something they need. How dare we be joyful? How dare we have any happiness at all? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing this trend as well? Is it just me? I don't think it is. I mean, do you see the increased aggression and activism against those who dare to express joy and happiness in the wake of anyone else's crisis? I mean, I get it. It's difficult at times to muster up a smile when, when I've just been relegated with images of violence and death and atrocities galore that are happening in the world, whether it's on the national news or, or on social media. It would be so easy for me to feed into the constant negativity, the death, the destruction, I don't know, the immoral programming. And really, there is this is reality. A lot of this is truth around us. It would be easy to to focus only on it. I think they call it doom scrolling, right? If you're ever, ever out on social media and or even on TV, you could call it dooms remoting. I don't know. <laughs> the remote control. You go from one dooms report and doomsday idea to another. And it, it feeds into this place inside of us. Um, It's the reason that murder mysteries and um, things like forensic files and gory, disgusting, horrible slasher movies are so popular. There's something inside the human nature that is intrigued by those things. But when we see it all around us, not just in the fiction or, or, or reality shows, 
but in our media, in our news feed, in our social media, and people talking about it, it gets to us. It's a constant diet of negativity, death, and destruction, and immorality. I mean, it would be easy to sit in a corner afraid to breathe, afraid to move or, or pick up a book to read without constant sadness and, and the staggering heaviness that weighs us down if we didn't know that we weren't supposed to sit in those things and relish in them and only think about them. If I didn't already know that we weren't supposed to let the world change us, but work to change the world instead, it would change me. If I didn't already know that part of my mission and my call as a child of God is to share light, to share joy and love and peace that comes from knowing Jesus, that comes from knowing who I belong to, and that everything we see with our eyes will one day pass, even the atrocities, the injustice, the hurt and pain, then I would go mad. I would feed right into it. I would become that which I am immersing myself in, negative doomsday speaker, lack of joy, living in the constant atrocities and negativity and not wanting anybody else to live in joy either or to feel joy even in a moment. But I, I know that all of this will pass too. So that doesn't mean that I have to act as if those things don't matter, that that the earthquakes and the, the tornadoes and the people who are victimized and the hurt and the pain and the terrorism, that, that all those things don't exist and that they don't matter. They do very much do, but being able to understand and know the truth that while there is sadness, where there, where there is atrocity, there is also happiness where there is mourning, there is comfort where there's chaos. There is also peace. While the world projects violence and mayhem, there is safety. And there's also safety in the arms of Jesus. And no matter what happens in this world, the core fact and eternal truth is that we belong to him. We're his. He's ours. And that trumps everything else. His love, the sacrifice that Jesus made, and, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is still real. It's still truth. He still exists, even in the midst of the most horrific things going on, even in the midst of hurt and pain that we see every day in this world, we cannot live our lives as if only half of this reality exists, as if God doesn't exist. And as if happiness, love and joy are not ours, that, that we don't get to partake in them in some measure or another. Well, I mean, I say we cannot, but many people do. I mean, I say we, oh, we can't live that way, but they do. They, they are this moment, many people choosing chaos over peace and lies over truth, unsettled um, negativity and angst over peace. And, and they're choosing sadness over happiness and joy. Case in point, the inability that a lot of people have in today's world uh, to, to seem to have to, to, to not be able to, to be silly. Okay. I don't know how else to put it. To not be able to laugh anymore, to not see humor in things, to be 100% straight up silly in the midst of pain, that is a gift and it's a choice to accept that gift or not. It reminds me of a quote by Zig Ziglar. He said, most of us would be upset if we were accused of being silly, but the word silly comes from the old English word silig, S-E-L-I-G. 
and its literal definition is to be blessed, happy, healthy, and prosperous. Isn't that wonderful? So to be silly means to be blessed, happy, healthy, and prosperous. Interesting how we've taken a word that has an amazing, beautiful meaning and turned it into an insult or a a small trite thing. You know, the ability to be silly is the ability to express that you know you're blessed, that you're happy, that you have something to smile about and laugh about, that you're healthy in some measure, and, and that you're prosperous. Does that mean you're, you're rich? No, maybe not in financial terms, but other terms, right? We can be prosperous in the spirit, prosperous in our relationships. Some of us are rich in many areas that have nothing to do with money. And it's the same thing with joy. Joy is the state of feeling happiness and delight at the same time. Again, we can wrap that up in a state of silliness as well, right? All those things seem to go hand in hand together. If you look in the Bible, it clearly tells us to have joy. That joy is not about being happy with everything. Moreover, it's more about simple happiness and contentment, but in spiritual terms. It's about so much more than that, though. It's about the deep spiritual reality that we have a love that is with us that will never die, that we have a savior that died and rose again, that we, we've been adopted into the family of God. And we, each of us are intricately and wonderfully made and made with a purpose, by the way. And, and for a time such as this, apparently, because guess what? Here we are. And there is a joy in the knowing, just in the knowing, knowing that there will come a day when all the things of this world are going to pass and a new age and a renewed earth will be ushered in with the sound of a trumpet that what we go through today I guess the best way to say it any ache or pain or any disparity or 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 depravity that we've witnessed or hurt or sinfulness that we've seen or we've perpetrated it's only a small small part of our eternal lives and and it, it too shall pass and forgiveness is ours to be had and forgiveness is ours to give So joy is about being able to rest in that truth and rest in the truth and knowledge that being happy is simply about what's happening in the moment. And that joy is about the happiness and the eternal happiness for which we live. Joy is about the hope for which we live. Joy is about having happiness and contentment in the knowledge of who we are in Christ and in his promises. That joy That spiritual, simple joy does not go away no matter what chaos is going on around us. It doesn't go away no matter the amount of pain, confusion, craziness, grief that we feel. Yeah, we may feel as if we we lost it at times that we don't know where that joy is, but we really haven't. It's here. It's usually deep within us and, and it's up to each one of us whether or not we want to acknowledge it and embrace it or work to push the the other stuff out and bring the joy back up inside us again because well I don't know some of us don't do it because it's too hard at times it's easier I think in our human nature like I said before to sit in the negative it's so much easier and sometimes again like our culture says today it's inappropriate to feel joy in a time when maybe someone else does not but here's the thing if they don't you can share your joy with them. If you see someone who is so caught up in the world and the worldliness around them that they have no joy, that they don't have any contentment in them, 
you can share with them why you do. That is truth. Those are 100% words of truth. There's nothing wrong with being happy, happy in the moment, happy about what's happening for you in this moment, in this day. Happiness over the small things and big things doesn't mean you approve or agree with or relish in someone else's crimes or the injustices in the world or that you are an unfeeling, uncaring and selfish individual because you dare to feel happiness and joy or you dare to be silly. Feeling happy, smiling, singing a song, it isn't mocking other people or throwing your happiness in their face. It's being thankful for where you are and for the little and big blessings in life. Being happy is about being thankful for what's happening to you or the people you love in the present moment and about the hope, the eternal hope for which we live. The ability to tap into joy as well as being thankful for happiness in the moment really is a gift though. We shouldn't feel bad about accepting and using it. There are many examples in the Bible of people who had joy in the middle of wars and famine, death, victimization, pain, all kinds of loss, persecution. Have you ever seen uh, pictures and videos of kids in remote areas like in Africa? I have a, a friend who was a missionary in Africa for many years. The joy that emanates from so many of those beautiful children is amazing. Oftentimes I've seen those pictures um, of, of these kids at these orphanages where they, they started they, these orphanages. And these missionaries are out helping get the orphans clothes and, and help them with schooling and school uniforms and food. And a lot of times the only food they have is what they get there at the school. They've helped establish these schools and nurseries, get medical care. They set up wells for drinking water, and they help them learn how to plant gardens. These children are happy in the moment as they receive these just wonderful life-saving blessings. And as they're ministered to and the love of Jesus is shared with them, these kids, they sing and they dance and they laugh and they play. And it is so joyful to see because it comes deep within they're doing this without worry that what they're experiencing in the moment might be looked down upon or that if they dare show their joy, someone else might be offended by it. They show their joy and their happiness unabashed with blatant silliness and dancing. They openly praise God in the midst of knowing that maybe next month they won't have as much food or, or that they have relatives who are sick and there's nothing they can do about it or that there are terrorists out in their country going around killing innocent people. Now, even with all of that going on and this heaviness for these, these small children in, in these, these immature minds, their spirit knows better. They still know deep inside the truth that rejoicing and showing happiness is not wrong. In fact, it's so important to do it. They show it. They show it in, in just their smiles, frankly. Have you ever been to a, a joyful and happy funeral or celebration of life? I have more than one and not that long ago. It was amazing. It was life-affirming and so respectful to the beautiful, joyful woman who passed away, someone whom I was blessed to know. 
Oh, she could drive you crazy, let me tell you. But she was a huge blessing. And and what about the laughter that comes and the stories that are told and the memories that are shared after someone you love, someone who's close to you has passed away? And you're able to share that with other people and laugh. It's so beautiful. It's a part of the process. It's a gift. And I know this from experience. It's healing. It's helpful. It's right. It's what we're supposed to do. What about the person who has cancer and can sit in the infusion center getting chemo, but is still able to share with other people about Jesus and joke around with them and make the people who are serving them laugh? What about that person? My dad, when he had cancer and was in the hospital after surgery, he cracked up his nursing staff. He always had a great sense of humor anyhow, but he wore stuffed animal hats on his head and he cracked jokes about the food and the staff. He knew how to laugh and make other people laugh no matter what was going on, even in the midst of him having cancer. Not once did I see him sit in a pity party and boohoo over something that he was trying to change, that he wanted to change, not knowing if he could change it and ultimately unable to change it. You know, he couldn't change the fact that he had cancer. He didn't act, though, like he couldn't laugh in the hospital because someone in the room next door might be sick and would be offended. He didn't stop living while he was alive because it might be improper to someone else for him to be silly or show joy in the middle of stress, sickness, and sorrow. And I think to myself, what about the guys um, a group of us met at this homeless camp a few years back. My husband and I used to serve with this homeless ministry. Um, these guys at this homeless camp, they were able to laugh and be silly. They played charades. They sat around their campfires and shared stories. Um, they would volunteer when they could at the very shelters that they sometimes got meals from. And they would, they'd go swimming in the river canals. Anything they had, they would want to share with us. They weren't drunk and they weren't high. They were homeless but they were still able to enjoy the moment and show joy for the little things in front of them. Does silliness, joy, and happiness mean you're unfeeling or uncaring to those who aren't happy in the moment? Does it mean if you dare to crack jokes and be silly that you're cold and callous and that you don't understand the plight of other people? No, it does not. I know people who don't show joy and they don't emanate light and have lost their ability to be silly, period. I know some people who over time have let their experiences and the difficulties in life take them to a constant negative place rather than being able to be content or happy or, or joyful at all. They say they know the Lord. Some even go to church. Some refuse to go to church or participate in anything remotely resembling a Christian gathering, even with family, which in itself doesn't make them a bad person, but we're given Christian assemblance for a purpose. Uh, we're blessed with Christian music. We have an entire Bible we can read and the ability to pray anywhere, anyhow, whenever to our God. So if someone is not participating in all of those things and yet professing that they love the Lord and are living their life for God, you need to pray for them first and foremost. But also take a look at the fruit they bear. The Bible says you can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Is it sweet? Are they projecting the joy of the Lord at least some of the time? Or, or, or are they sitting in self-pity and never ever seeing beyond their own circumstances to be able to tap into the joy that's gifted to them? Are they bearing fruit of negativity, uh, harsh dissent, horrible talk, slamming other Christians, professing to be righteous, but their tongue is sharp and vile and they spit out lies and meanness? Then take care. Take caution because 
they will be known by their fruit. And you need to have discernment to know who those people are. Some of these people might be some, some that you know and love, somebody that's close to you, but you've seen them change or you see them being miserable and acting miserable to other people. Is there anything you can do? Only God can lead you to an actual action and don't do, do something outside of what he tells you to do because you'll regret it. Do whatever he tells you to do. And all that may be is to pray. But if he says to pray, then pray. We can always pray. pray prayer does not go out, uh, come back void. It, it does not. There is power in prayer. Even if you can't see what he's doing, there's power in prayer. Can you help restore someone else's joy? Yeah, yeah, you can. Through prayer, by your example, by sharing your joyful moments and your viewpoint on what love really looks like and on what embracing joy looks like and what it can do in your life. But are you called to share with a particular person? You need to talk to God about that. Maybe you're not the person that's supposed to reach them. Maybe it's somebody else. That I don't know. But there's always hope. So some joyless Christians actually seem to refuse to to laugh, even unless it's a sarcastic, kind of droll, dark laughter. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm speaking it out. It's truth. I personally know a woman who is so bitter and so angry and negative that she shushes other people who do laugh or act silly. She tells her loved ones to knock it off if they joke around about something. I'm serious. I've been sitting right there with her not too long ago. Um, not by choice, honestly, because I didn't want to be around that. I I do pray for her. Um, but I've seen her, I don't know, probably six or seven times in the last year. And I doubt she's listening to this podcast. She's pretty much rejected most things Christian, even though she already, she still calls herself a Christian. She tries to shut down anything that she herself doesn't feel anymore. Joy, happiness, laughter, silliness, or perhaps it's that which she's jealous of. I don't know. I'm not sure which it is because she won't let anybody get close enough to her. It's sad. So pray for her. I'm not going to say her name, but God knows who she is. But there is hope for her and that hope's name is Jesus. So the hope for which she proclaims that she lives has not changed even though her circumstances have. And her circumstances are difficult. And I think more of us uh, who love her and have been around her are more determined to show her that joy. Instead of walking on eggshells, which a lot of us have been doing because, oh, maybe it's inappropriate. She's not joyful. Now, she's not going through anything tragic right now. She has been through some tragic things. But she's living in them. She's living in that past. And I know it's hard not to. But if those of us who do feel joy, who do understand it, can share joy with other people that we're called to share joy for joy joy with I think it can make a difference and as I said before if all else fails pray pray and pray some more so what sparked all this joyful and joyless silly talk today um it was because I was in a local grocery store last week and I saw a lady with her children she had two young kids and one was sitting in the front of the buggy just singing away he was singing about whatever was in front of him like little kids do I just love it she you know he was like oh I see chips 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 and I want a candy bar 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 oh oh my 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 I want an orange 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 I want an orange 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 
and he sung it much better, much better than I did. And then there was the, this little girl who was his sister. Um, and she looked like she was maybe five years old. She was following along the side of the basket, kind of holding on to it. So when I made it around to the front of the store to check out, this woman and her two children were there too. So they were in, we were in lines next to each other. And I heard her pretty much growl at the girl. She said, knock it off. And I, I kind of turned a little bit, trying not to be nosy, but I thought, oh no, what did she just, this little girl just do? Um, because she, this mother just was so fierce about it. And I didn't feel so bad looking really because we were in public. I mean, hey, my special needs son when he was little was one of those kids everyone else runs from in the grocery store or anyplace else. Because if you didn't, you had no idea where his tantrum was going to be directed or you might get hit with something. But this little girl was, was not having a tantrum. It wasn't anything like that. What was she doing? She was dancing. Her little brother was singing and she was kind of whisper singing. So he would sing, I want an orange 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 and she would come in right after him I want an orange 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 <laughs> and I thought hey the next generation of Donnie and Marie but um anyway as she sang orange 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 she did this silly little dance she was she wasn't swinging her arms up high or anything or getting in anyone's way she was just doing a little silly dance with her feet and kind of waving her hands a little bit and shaking her head to what I think must have been some really great upbeat music in her head <laughs> But the mother apparently didn't like it. So after the mom told her to knock it off, the girl stopped. Um, but like most kids do, three or four minutes later, her brother began to sing again. And as he sung, the little girl started singing and dancing again. And it was so cute. But this time the mother growled louder. I mean, really loud. And she grabbed her arm and put her face in the little girl's face and said, I told you to knock it off. Stop being silly right now. Both kids started to cry. I almost did too. And what she just told her child was being joyful, being silly, singing, even if it's not bothering anyone else around you, is not okay. If you're not satisfying your mother with the way you're feeling in the moment, then you're doing something wrong and you need to knock it off. So I said a prayer inside so I wouldn't open my mouth and say anything horrible because I really wanted to. <laughs> I worked hard not to judge I was hoping and praying that this was an isolated incident, that the mother was just having a really bad day. I mean, I can't know. I, I didn't know them, but God knows. And he knows who those little kids are and what they need to be protected emotionally and physically. And no, just because she snapped at them doesn't mean that she's an abusive mom. But what it did tell me is that she herself has likely been told that being silly is not okay, that being happy or joyful is not okay unless you have permission to be. Well, guess what? We have permission to be. This scene made me sad. And I hope that this woman is able to come to a place where she understands for herself and her children that silliness is simply the state of being blessed, happy, healthy, and prosperous, and allowing yourself to show it. And it's okay. So here's the thing. Telling my age here, um, by telling you this, <laughs> I can't think of the word silly without thinking of the song, silly love songs by Paul McCartney. <laughs> the song is all about love and saying, I love you. And the lyrics start out with, you'd think that people would have had enough of silly love songs. I look around me and I see it isn't so. Some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. 
And what's wrong with that? I'd like to know. Because here I go again. I love you. And he sings I love you several times. And you're welcome if that is now going on in your head and you hear him singing in your head. I do too. All right. So when I think of that song, it, it affects me because I think, yes, that's right. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with silly love songs? What's wrong with showing love and silliness and glee and happiness and joy? Because I believe with all my heart that one of the ways we get to thank our Heavenly Father is by showing him our appreciation through song and dance, laughter and joy and giggles and silly dances. A, a form of praise to the Lord has got to be, surely, it's got to be laughter and silliness. Embracing the now, that's a way to praise. Embracing the moment of joy that he has afforded us, that he has blessed us with. And, and then I have to wonder, perhaps singing orange, orange, orange is also a form of worship through the simple song of a joyful little boy. The Bible says, 1 Peter 1, eight, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy and, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Okay. There's so many places in the Bible that talk about joy. Nehemiah 8.10 tells us that we should not be grieved because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, it's not just something we express and we can praise God with. It's something that gives us strength. Joy just doesn't mean some momentary happy, happy, joy, joy thought. It is our strength. It is our worship. It is our praise. It is our thanksgiving. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart for I am called by your name, O Lord. That means his word, his word can be a joy to us if we partake of it, if we read it, if we apply it, if we take it in, if we share it. And just so we remember, no matter our circumstance, if we belong to the Lord, if we love him, then we should embrace Psalm 71, 23 that says, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. Our soul can rejoice. Our, our lips can shout with joy. We can sing praises because we're redeemed. Is it always easy? No, no, it's not. I'm not saying that it is, but it is possible and oh, how the work that we might have to do in order to allow ourselves to be joyful, to, to laugh, to be silly again, allows it to be an even easier task the next time and even easier the time after that until eventually it's not a task anymore to push out the somber, the sad, the pain, the worry, to live in the moment. But it's, well, it becomes a joy and a necessity. It's a habit. And, it, and it's natural. It should be a habit and, and become natural if it's not now. It's natural to we who believe. And it's nothing less than what our God deserves from us. So I hope and pray that you're able to take that in, allow yourself to be silly and joyful and happy and feel laughter coming from way deep down inside till you just giggle so much that it has to come out till you cry and you got to run to the bathroom and pee and you spit liquid out, whatever it is that you do snort when you laugh. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that that is your life. And if it's not now that you remember to allow it to be, it can't, no, it's not going to be that way 24 seven, 
but who knows, maybe one day I have hope for that, but it can be at the right times. It can be in more times than not if we allow it to be. So until next time, I hope and pray that you will allow yourself to feel that joy and uh, use it as a sense of a place of uh, strength to strengthen you, to strengthen your faith, and to praise God. Thank you for tuning in to the Woman Inspired Podcast.